0: Oh, yes, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the 3-in-1 podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Pivot himself. Please give it up for international Ian Lamont Morgan.
1: The odds makers are right. Cleveland over the world.
0: That's right. Cleveland over the world. And here in the capital city by way of several... Other places, they call him the Black Jason Tatum because he has versatility. Give it up for your boy, Malcolm Morgan.
1: Y'all, it's another two-in-one special. Holding it down again. How you doing today, Ian? Uh, I'm feeling wonderful. There's a uh, very hyper dog in my background. Um, And so I don't know if it's like mating season. It's getting warm. Um, I think cuffing season might start a little early for the pups but i'm doing amazing <laughs> i hope everybody is doing great out there we uh this is how we like to start the show
0: i would not have
1: started with the dogs mating i can tell you that. got right you now. got you um i'm sorry about that i'm ready for the draft how about that well how you have that? a whole other month until that I, well I'm, I'm still excited it's gonna be here <laughs> um that's right it I is in cleveland are you, yeah, you going to do with, some
0: live reports from
1: from the draft? Maybe from the stage, possibly. <laughs> um, I am duplicating and fabricating my press pass as we speak, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're going to bring some really hot content from the draft to the jail. There, um, <laughs> <laughs> for the, for the three and one listeners,
0: so get ready for that next month, guys. We're going to have live uh, coverage <laughs> from the draft with Ian. At Draft HQ, Don't um, miss it It's going to be great um, So let's get started man NCAA tournament uh, First two rounds are in the books um, it, I've, I have to be honest I have not watched a lot of college basketball But these have been some great games Up and down um, yeah. You know no matter I mean I would say it no matter who you're rooting for But I, I think some some fans <laughs> of some of these teams Would disagree they have not been Enjoyed the <laughs> tournament Uh but it's just been it's been great storylines, great games. Um very few blowouts really. Um I mean, but the big story right now, Loyola again. Yeah, man. Making another run um in the t- tournament and their and their big win was an in-state win against Illinois, number 1 seed out of the Big 10. Um I mean, what 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 is your reaction seeing them again in this situation? We're seeing Sister Jean on the TV. We're seeing the Loyola players hyped up again i mean what is it like seeing this run for a second
1: time um for me it's it's really it's a little bit more of a revelation um the thing i love about doing the pod and um being able to share this stuff with our listeners is that they definitely get to go on this journey of discovery with us you know um things that we're finding out you know we had we've had breaking news on the pod what was it, the James Harden trade, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, I am definitely venturing more and more into college sports as we continue coverage of stuff. I heard about Loyola Chicago last year. I remember watching Sports Center as they would start off, you know, with you know, the shots of them running, celebrating, uh winning the games, but I was not really tuned in. Mm-hmm. And so to be here now this year. To see them doing something, you you get to absorb just how improbable it is for them to be a, a, a lower seed, a smaller school that's that's doing this and now doing it back to back. Um, it's it's really pretty impressive. It's yeah. pretty impressive. It's it's exciting and it lends itself um, that much more. Every Cinderella makes March Madness really really special. Uh, for a back to back Cinderella story, I mean, and I don't know how far you have to get to be a Cinderella. I'm sorry to all of our, our, our all of our technical March Madness uh, aficionados, <laughs> um, but I, I would say Sweet Sixteen is, is 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 pretty is pretty doggone substantial. And so, and for them to beat Georgia Tech and uh, of course Illinois um, mm-hmm. was an amazing way to get there. So, uh, yeah, man, it, it's been fun. Honestly, even seeing all our Ohio teams go down, you find yourself becoming a de facto fan of teams like this who are just getting it done against all the odds. Yeah, I mean, and you know, so this is I think I think we're three
0: or four years removed from their last run um, in mm. the tournament, and so I think one of the things that it shows is just the value of that championship DNA. They they've had the same coach. Um, there's one guy who's on this team who was a freshman on that last run, um, and the former conference player of the year who was a part of that first run is is now on the coaching staff. So you see some of that that DNA from Loyola Chicago carrying down through, um, even four years later. And then to see them come back. Um, I mean, I, I think one of the things that I, I've heard a lot of people mention that this team might've even be, been misseeded as an eight seed, um, that they could have been higher. Um, and that's interesting for, from a team coming from a small conference, obviously they have the, the history that they have, but, um, a lot of people hadn't seen this team play and for them to come out, um, in this situation, really capitalize and really make some great moments for, for college basketball. I mean, I think just, just when I saw the bracket, when I saw them potentially being able to play Illinois in the second round, I said, man, that'd be really special for those kids to be able to go up against an in-state school, the big brother school in the state and come out with a win. And that game was not really that close. They pretty much had that lead and held it throughout the whole game. Um, And Illinois was a team that was coming in really hot um, into, into the tournament. So I mean you really got to take your hats off to them for what they were able to do and I think they've got a really good chance to advance facing Oregon State in the next round.
1: Yeah man. I mean and and just like de- defensively watching them just kind of suffocate you know guys that are that are all American guys um mm-hmm. I for IO I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. <laughs> but I mean, he was he was looking very uncomfortable out there it took mm-hmm. him out the game and yeah. um and it's just a, kind of amazing to see uh, what sound fundamentals will do? What what yeah. you know? Solid coaching will do. I think that that I think March Madness. You get so much, so many whiffs of the um, the superstars and the big names and everything like that. I think mm-hmm. it's a wonderful, wonderful kind of dualism because you also get examples of where fundamentals reign, and and anybody can win. You know, any given night. So I think it's super dope. I wonder how to. Rec- I'm curious now about the recruiting. Mm -hmm. from their last from their last trip um and when they advanced in the tournament to now and how that impacted you know being able because like you said i mean those years in between just kind of still being able to maintain and then rebuild a team that contends like this that's even more fascinating
0: yeah i mean it's interesting like i've i've looked at some of these teams that have these runs and it's not like all of a sudden you know loyola's got four and five star kids <laughs> it just yeah, didn't come right, right, right. after a championship run but i think what it, it definitely does it it puts in the mind of recruits that you can get discovered you can have a run anywhere um if you really are bought in and you really commit to what your team is doing so i think that's really the biggest thing it's just that momentum you get a reputation i mean we've seen it with several teams throughout the years whether it's the creightons or the the early on Gonzaga years when they were kind of building up that program is that once you kind of develop a reputation and um people see what you can do um then players that may be on the fringes of bigger schools that might be able to get into like a, a duke or kentucky but won't play um as a three or four star guy will look at some of these other places and say i could play here and it will be an opportunity to 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 make some memories in the tournament yeah man special stuff special stuff they're not alone either
1: yeah yep
0: there was oral roberts university i just want to say that i semi called this this upset i did say ohio state needed to be on upset alert um and you know i i don't always enjoy saying that i was right but i am enjoying this time saying (laughs) that i was right um and whether it was this game or the game against florida or are you just really they're two main guys and it starts off with with, with ace miss the guard uh leading scoring the country um he he just looks like i don't want to say a pro guard but he just looks like one of those guards or he plays like one of those guards that's gonna really excel in the tournament um yeah man. he can s- score from all levels of the court it really controls the game. Um, you know, he had 29 points against OSU. But the other big one is is um, Abner, the uh, forward. They both played 45 minutes in that game against Ohio State, um, which is <laughs> just incredible. <laughs> uh, the The output they had and to play. The, basically, they did play the entire game. Didn't come out at all. Um, and when you ask them about it, they're just like, this is what we do, whatever it takes to win. And so, um, you know, I... Lived in Tulsa for seven years. My dad went to ORU. So it was really exciting to see um, ORU kind of being on the front page and and getting some shine with these upsets.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, our brother Keith isn't here, but uh, shout out to uh, Kevin O'Banner. He's holding it down for Team Light Skin uh, (laughs) on the the pod here today. That was really my thing, um, you know, because frankly, what you watch some highlights, you kind of get to know some of the profile of some of these guys. And uh, and Ace Smith is always the one that's going to get, you know, leading score, so on and so forth. And so first thought in my mind, just thinking basketball wise, they shut him down, make the others have to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. No, <laughs> um, I, I've come <laughs> to learn. Like, I mean, uh, these guys can shoot. And and mind you, um, normally, I, I think I looked at it, you know, some of the other guys on the squad can actually shoot the rock, too. But yeah, they haven't needed to because between Obanner and Acevis I mean the, the the scoring clip that these guys are on if they continue this for the rest and they knock off some some of these other teams and they they advance even further it's going to be nuts to look back on this and see how um particularly Obanner mm-hmm. um you know and and you know him still being able to to crash boards but also being I mean he is a oh my goodness he's a legit threat from outside so mm-hmm. I'm curious to see I think they're the the real test of the metal of their team comes, you know, in their Sweet 16 matchup, but it's been fun. Yeah, they took out Ohio, Ohio State, but again, I can't help but watch them. I got to watch them now. They they take out your squad. I feel like it's mandated you have to follow <laughs> up and watch their next games. Yeah, I think the the biggest surprise,
0: I think a lot of people knew that this team would be able to score with any team but the, they've had timely defense even if it's not great you know suffocating defense maybe that you would want from um, an elite team they get stops when they need it and they and they you know between Obanner and yeah. Acems they they hit big shots whenever big shots i mean even in, in that Florida game it seemed like for a little bit that Florida might start to pull away but Acems and Obanner just hit timely threes and they were able to get stops down the stretch um and both of the both this ohio state team and this florida team um these aren't kind of your flash in the pan teams these are guys that have some veterans that have been in tournament runs or in high leverage games have good coaches um and you can't even say that it's really a fluke or you just really took it to both of them and when it came down to it o'banner and ace Miss just made plays and when you have a couple guys that can do that um it really can't, and especially when you're not, this this isn't like you've been playing this team multiple times throughout the year. It's your first look mm-hmm. at them, and you don't mm-hmm. know fully how to play them. You don't know how they're going to respond to certain pressures or to certain situations, yep. and they've really stepped up, and so the big thing for this team as well, they shoot free throws extremely well. Uh, yep. I believe they they came into the tournament the number one team in percentage. I think they fell down to number two, um, but in the last game, Ace Miss played 40 minutes and was 12-12 from the line, and when you can close out games and keep yourself in games with free throws. That makes a big difference in this tournament environment. And you, you said
1: it right. Really? Um, when you said NBA guard, cause I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at him and I was like, man, this is very Lou Williams mm. as far as, you know, ease of scoring, very, mm-hmm. uh, what Trey young, as far as pre- penetration, I think that's the thing is that, mm-hmm. the, you know, you look at the guy's garden and they have trouble uh, running him off his spots or keeping him from getting to certain spots because that three is such a threat. Yeah. Uh, you see him blowing by guys. So it's it's I I don't know when you get legit scores like that and you get a team that's building confidence and building chemistry like that. I think Arkansas is, is they're watching a lot of tape. They practice real hard right now. Oh, yeah. they are definitely this. They're not going to sneak
0: up on Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Arkansas could going to come this game really ready. You know, one of the other big storylines, you know, the, the big 10 um, came into this tournament. Um, I believe they had a record number of teams in the tournament this year. And, I, and I, Michigan is the last one left. I mean, it's just Illinois was hot coming in the tournament. A lot of people were excited about Ohio state this year in the tournament. Um, you know, Michigan state didn't, couldn't get out of the, the first four game. Um, they've really got to be disappointed with their performance
1: in the tournament this year. Yeah. It's it's tough not to have representation, especially when you are seated as high as you are. Yeah, um, but then you look <laughs> um, on the other side of the coin. Look at the pack; mm-hmm. the pack is out here representing between uh, who is it? USC, Oregon, uh, UCLA, Oregon, UC, UCLA. I mean, Oregon goodness State. Gracious, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is I it's unpredictable. That's the appeal of it. It uh, doesn't matter how good you are, how strong your conference is. Um, at the end of the day, you gotta. It's one game. It's one game at a time. You don't come out and play. And I wonder, does some of that success and some of that prestige sometimes lend to guys falling back, especially against these, you know, against these teams? Um, would Ohio State have come out with a different mentality against the Oral Roberts if mm-hmm. they had not been so? You know, I mean, some yeah. folks, they just crown them. They crown them early. So, yeah, man. I Goodness gracious. This stuff is crazy, but I'm about to go buy a Oral Robert shirt or something. <laughs> just because uh, I need to commemorate this year. I All might right. burn it later. I don't know. I know a guy. I can get you a hookup.
0: Um, okay. So, looking at my Final Four, I know my, my Final Four was half done. Um It was yeah, Texas was my... Team, I went all in on saying they're going to make a deep run, and then they didn't even make it out of the first round. So thanks for that, shock smart. Appreciate that. Um, so if you had a chance to redo your final four, I mean, well, your final four is it intact? Did you? Is it
1: gone? Would you? What do you have Same left? here? Same here. Yeah. I'm half done. I had Texas as well, then I had Ohio State in the uh, in the south. Okay. So if you were redoing your final four, who you got? dun, 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 I, all right. So, of course, Ohio State being gone. Um, mm-hmm. You look at the South. I don't think Villanova has as much. They had a really easy road to get to where they are. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, that's relative. Um, and then look at that Arkansas Oral Roberts. I think that's going to be a fun game. I think it'll be a shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, but I got Arkansas coming out of that one. And I got uh, Baylor coming. Uh, Taking Villanova And ultimately I got Baylor over Arkansas So I'd have them as the new uh, South champions Uh, Still got Gonzaga Uh, You look at the east I also had Texas Uh, When I look at who's left I'm going to go with a team That I talked really heavily about in our preview Florida State Mm -hmm. I think they will end up uh, coming out of the east But the Midwest Interestingly enough I had Houston Coming out of there they got to be real careful with Syracuse. Yeah, they've got to be very careful with that team. And uh, if they should fall to Syracuse, could you imagine Syracuse in a Loy- Loyola matchup? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be wild. But um, I'm still, I still have Houston. But but you heard it here. They have to be very, very careful yeah. with Syracuse. Yeah, I think. Uh...
0: I you know, I had Gonzaga. Um, I'm still holding, holding fast to that. I think I had Baylor in the South before. I don't remember, but that's what I have I coming out of the South right now. And then I also have Florida State coming out of the East. Um, mm. I just, I love their NBA size. Um, it looks like an NBA team coming off the bus. And then, man, Midwest. That Midwest, first of all, the Midwest region is just a mess. Just, <laughs> just completely bludgeoned. <laughs> but I I think Loyola might, could come out of that. Out of that out of that I don't I just I just I looked at the matchups Um, I think they've got a really good shot against Oregon State although Oregon State you know credit to them they kind of surprised they did surprisingly win the Pac-12 championship tournament and and then they've just really looked really impressive in their two games Um, so that might be a matchup normally I would not watch but I want to see how they were how Loyola responds to playing them do they go into this into that game confident or do they come into that hungry like they were the first two games. Um mm-hmm. especially coming off a game where they beat an in state team like that. And then yeah. um yeah I I just have a feeling Loyola's gonna make a run to the Final Four. I don't know why. Ooh
1: Okay, okay. I, I can't say I hadn't heard it uh mm-hmm. you know elsewhere but that's still a bold pick. I mean do you have a sleeper? My sleeper, um so I'll give you I think ORU has a
0: really good shot against Arkansas. Um, okay. Are you talking about in that specific region or in any region? Any region. USC. USC. I, I really. Same. I like. I like the like Mobley brothers. I really want to see yeah. USC against Gonzaga. Um, I think that'd be a really good matchup for both of those teams. Um, you know, they have elite size on uh, yep. at, at USC, and that I think that could really present some problems up front, especially with with Timmy um they're big i think th- i really want to see that matchup and it'd be great to see yeah. those two freshmen mobley mobley and uh Suggs, going head to head um you know i really like both of those freshmen and i think that would be a great stage to see those guys on with a fighting for a spot in the in the final four maybe even some draft positioning there as well um i think that could be a great game and it's a west coast game um yeah yeah you know gonzaga versus usc a little bit of west coast bragging rights that could be really good
1: My sleeper is actually the same. Mm -hmm. Um, I was looking through it, and I was like, you know what? Same deal with size. Uh, The college game is not the NBA game. Uh, Mm -hmm. While the three-pointer is prevalent, it is not the mainstay that it is in NBA basketball. And So uh, facing a team with with elite size and um, just looking at at Evan uh, Mobley. Last time, you know, they were in a, I'll say like a high-profile game was, was the conference championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost to colorado but mm-hmm. he still played big um yeah. so like 26 9 and and five blocks and so when you have when you have that in the middle and so su- you know Suggs, I'm, I'm excited about him but he struggled shooting the three too so mm-hmm. you know you just kind of wonder that that perfect combination could we see gonzaga go down
0: yeah. to
1: a usc anything is possible where is dickie v when you need where? him i i'm goodness gracious but no this is this is fun this is fun i'm looking forward to it
0: so yeah we got games coming up um this weekend excited to see those but let's switch gears to the nfl man a lot of wheeling a lot of dealing um (laughs) let's let's first start off with the moves that we like what moves have we seen so far this off season that we like i I can get started i love miami get will fuller um especially on a one-year deal, kind of a prove-it deal. They need a downfield threat to go with Devontae Parker and to help out Tua. Um, and Will Fuller, when he's healthy, is is a really good wide receiver. But that health is a big part of it. So one-year deal, you don't tie yourself too long to him. And if it works out, then you've got a really good weapon to add to that offense.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Tampa Bay. Um, them signing uh, Ryan Suckup, uh, mm-hmm. re-signing him, I think. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. Okay. okay, I was like, we're going, deep. <laughs> we're going
0: deep in this field position.
1: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, just in case we lost a viewer, come back, come back, come back. You're <laughs> um, no, for me, it's Curtis Samuel. I really like kind mm, of the, the yeah. Swiss Army knife that he is for Washington, uh, that he had been for Carolina. Mm. Um, saw him, you know, able to do a lot of different things. And so to put him in that offense in Washington, I, who's ultimately going to be throwing the rock, yeah, all of that. Um, but, you know, to put him in that offense with the Gibson, with the McKissick, with the Terry McLaurin, and and to know that he can fill in in so many different places, um, I think that adds dynamic to them even further for a yeah. team that really was kind of on the brink of doing something special and had a lot of solid play on the defensive end of the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that was a great pickup to get him, you know. Um, I'm going to start calling. We need to start calling the Washington football team, the Washington Buckeyes, because they're just. <laughs> grabbing every buckeye they can and they they'd have more if, if Dwayne Haskins could have kept his life together. Um but they're just like, oh you used to play for Ohio State or the Carolina Panthers. Come on come on over. Right, right. Go through. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other the other pickup that I really like is kind of an under the radar pick. Uh Deshaun Jackson going to the Rams. Um, it's kind of a another low risk move for the Rams. Hmm. Um, he's he's had a lot of health issues over the last year. But when he's been on the field, he could still be a deep threat. Still one of the quickest guys in the NFL. Um, you kind of pair him with Cooper Cup. You pair him with Van Jefferson, who they drafted last year. You they, and pair him with some of their other weapons. I, I really like that with a vertical threat like Matthew Stafford is with his arm. That could really open up that offense in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. And I think Sean McVay will be excited about.
1: I hadn't thought about that. But, um, yeah, no, that that would it would definitely be. It will be significant. Can I can I kind of name a move that has not happened yet, but I'm anticipating, and I am going to on the pod here today. I'm going to call it out. Malcolm just made me aware of this. I hadn't even read it. Jadavion Clowney to the Cleveland Browns. Mm. I think for the help that they need, uh, um, in, in the middle of the defense, and what it is that uh that Clowney can bring, and and the way I think he could play off of uh, uh Miles Garrett. You know, we know Olivier Vernon is gone. Uh, they're, they're trying to make some other efforts. What is he gone? Yeah, I think he's gone.
0: Or they're not gonna bring he's him back. He's a free agent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think this could be a beautiful marriage, and you know he's on the short list, and so we'll see what it is that takes place. But um, you know, and you may say like, all oh, the injury concerns. He's injury prone. You may say that he didn't produce as many sacks and everything like that. But you just need a you need a guy that's gonna clog up attention. Anybody that takes attention away from Miles Garrett spells a little bit more trouble uh, on the defensive front. So I think that will be amazing. Once Adam Schefter reports it, um, I'll be coming to you live. It doesn't matter if I'm in bed or where it is that I am. I'm going to come and I'm going to give my reaction because I think what the Browns are building is something special here. A plus plus to Andrew Barry once again. Yeah, uh, that would be a really, I mean, they, they
0: did sign Malik Jackson to kind of bolster yep. that front some more. But Clowney would be, I'd, I'd really be interested to see what kind of way they use him. Do they use him as a as a man? Are they going to use him at, in the linebacker kind of as an edge rusher? Um, you know, I think right now, Clowney, the big thing is production. The production hasn't been there the last couple of years. Tennessee was, he was a, a pretty big disappointment for them. Um, I think they expected a lot more from him. So what which which version are we going to get? Are we going to get Houston, the version from Houston a couple of years ago? Or are we going to get the Tennessee version this year? um but if if he's locked in if he can make an impact that only makes miles garrett better and only makes that secondary better um and i do like some of the moves there they've started to make in the secondary um to get some more depth and some more talent there but jadavion cloundy is a very interesting name for the browns
1: yeah it's intriguing if nothing else yeah
0: but you know we talked about the moves we like but let's talk about what are the what in the world are the chicago bears
1: doing I don't know how much I appreciate this question because how many teams can say they have an almost Super Bowl MVP, one hundred yard rusher, two touchdown scoring running back in the backfield? The Chicago Bears can, <laughs> as they've come out and they've signed Damian Williams, and they're mm. making a run for it, baby. Chicago, but oh, I, I, wow. I really don't. I have no idea what Chicago's doing. I I really um And it's the Andy Dalton move that definitely it is just absolutely it just takes the cake. Um there's been much talked about. We we understand they were in the Russell Wilson maybe sweepstakes if it was a real thing. They literally offered their entire organization and still <laughs> didn't still didn't get it done. Um only thing I can think of is that they're gearing up for a bigger move, a possible move, land to uh Watson. Um, apparently they're, they're still in the, in the number of teams that are looking to do it. Um, you know, it was said what back in January that Houston will want two ones, two twos, two young defensive starters. Um, and I think they've got most of that, if not the, 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 the defensive starters. So they may go into a third year of offering picks, but, that's the only thing I can think of. I'm trying to reserve judgment and say like, okay, I can kind of, I can kind of see what they were going for, but as of right now, I'm, I'm lost. Look, they had one job, they had one job
0: this offseason: get a quarterback. And their, their version of that was bringing in Andy Dalton, <laughs> <laughs> who, who has been hotly debated on this podcast, <laughs> um, and immediately goes back from football. Yes, immediately goes from the best uh, backup in football to probably the worst starter in football right now. In one year, um, I just don't know what they're doing. Like they, they you already have Nick Foles, who you're kind of stuck with. You didn't, you know, you're not bringing back Jabiski. He signed with, um, with the Bills. Um, you don't have a high draft pick, so you can't get a quarterback. I mean, the quarterback market, you know, to their credit was is not very. There's not a whole lot of good free agents available. Um, so I, I understand that, but, you know, we had talked about possibly Carson Wentz coming there and then Deshaun Watson and now Russell Wilson, and you get left with Andy Dalton. And, you know, everything else, you know, I, I don't really have a, a strong feeling about anything else they did. Damian Williams is an interesting pickup, I guess. Um <laughs> but the the issue with the bears for what seems like a decade now is just the quarterback position they have not been able to nail this quarterback position and Andy Dalton does not answer
1: the bell for me no, no. and i don't and think russell do you think russell's getting dealt i just don't see it happening no he he's he's definitely there to stay i mean you're seeing more reports about him giving input on what seattles you know future moves are and things like that so i think mm-hmm. that's I think that was a wash, you know. He played that he played his hand there for leverage and and hopefully that works out cuz Russell Wilson should have leverage. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go ahead and say that, but um I don't know. I mean, then they Chicago they franchise Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to do anything, is that just so you can get value from him on the trade market? Right. Um so it's it's just a lot of a lot of interesting questions because I mean, he's not going to be happy. Um, if Andy Dalton can't get him the ball, even the uh, Andy Dalton not terrible. I honestly, th- I thought they would go for Mariota. Yeah. Who I mean, showed I thought that
0: he was, a, he was a name that I thought uh, he could help a lot of teams. Philly was one of the teams I looked at possibly mm-hmm. for him. But, uh, and when I saw that they were trying to restructure his deal or, or try to deal him, I thought, okay, he might be the, the one name we might see, but he ended up restructuring the deal and coming back. And that was, that's got, that's a real blow to a really limited quarterback market.
1: Yep, yep. So, I don't know. I think I'd love to say you know there's a long game to what Chicago's doing, but I don't I don't get it. I mean, it's it's a large market, but it's a cold weather city. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know how it is with media and market. I mean, in Chicago, mm-hmm. it's a, it's, I think it's the fourth largest city in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's um, a big market. It's yeah, a big market, but I, I mean.
0: There's not a lot of Cleveland landing. Landing, Cleveland's landed free agents better than Chicago. I mean, but you guys also traded for. I mean, you guys traded for OBJ.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm at a loss for it. I, I I feel for my, uh, for my Chicagoans, you know. But maybe there's, maybe there's something still coming down the pipe. Maybe. Hey, maybe we'll here. see a draft move and boom, you know, suddenly they will have Justin Fields and, <laughs> and they're planning for the future, you know? That that I think that would be perfect for them, but is it going to happen? Who knows? <laughs> Probably not.
0: Um other t- I mean we you talked about it a little bit, but the Washington football team um uh, I think it's definitely upgraded Curtis Samuel, I think was big adding him to ter- Terry McLaurin. Um hopefully those running backs next year can come back healthy, but the the big name Ryan Fitzpatrick um Fitzmagic who has another person who's been hotly debated on this podcast um yeah. is going to be for all. it looks like he'll he'll be the starter next year for them um where do you think this puts them in that pecking order in the NFC or even just in the NFC East um with this kind of reshaped roster in Washington
1: I think there's two well three big questions um when it comes to that division the health of Dak Prescott mhm the health of Saquon Barkley slash how well can they integrate some of the new offensive pieces that they've added. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that brings in the, into the conversation. What do OTAs look like? What does training camp look like? Yep. Um, are we past COVID? Are we still restricted? Are we doing things on zoom? So on and so forth. Um, But then the, the, the third question um and and it is you know uh, Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick how it is that he fits in and and which Fitzpatrick are you going to get which have we landed yeah. on the fact that he is just Doctor Jackal and Mister Hyde? Uh absolutely. Okay, well, absolutely. Then they'll make the playoffs and as a wild <laughs> card, and they'll lose in the first round like they did this year. Um, you need solid quarterback play. Fitz is going to give you amazing and then really questionable quarterback play. Um, he'll keep the playmakers happy. He should. Because um, he, will, he will get some guys to football, but he will also make some DBs very happy as well. And so, Absolutely. <laughs> so That's it, the thing. It's tough.
0: Like, I've seen a lot of commentators and people talking. about, oh, this makes them, you know, they're right up there. And I'm like... Why do we keep tricking ourselves into this with Fitzpatrick? He'll he'll give you, you know, you know, he'll have the one game, and then everybody the Fitzmagic Magic headlines, all every Fitz Magic headline you can imagine comes out, and then the next game he throws. I mean, look, you guys remember he was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he was so inconsistent. He made them go with Jameis Winston. Yeah, yeah, they were like, you know what, Fitz, you're too volatile for us. We're gonna go with the stable guy in Jameis Winston. <laughs> crazy (laughs) crazy um so i'm i he he has the potential to make them better i think so i mean their quarterback play was was god awful last year so it was literally the worst in the league so it, it can't technically get any worse than that um and i think they've got some weapons with mclaurin with samuels with gibson and that running game they brought back lamar miller as well and then we know how we know what that defense is um but consistency you know for that whole division it's really about consistency you know is 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 dak zeke and that offense going to be consistent enough is that defense going to be consistent enough are we going to see saquon playing enough (laughs) is daniel jones going to be a consistent guy at quarterback um what in the world is philly going to do this year it's all that whole division is just going to be a
1: test in consistency (laughs) up and down that division I just can't wait for the next press conference for the Philly coach to. Uh, I don't even care what it's about. I just want press conferences from him. Definitely twice a day. Let's just trot him on out there. Um, that's oh, it's, it's so terrible. And it's is it'd be very naive to let that be the impression that that you're left with as far as how Philly, how Philly season is going to go, but. I think you do at least know enough about that team that they need a strong leader in the locker room. Mm -hmm. They need a strong voice. They need a, they need a sure certain and you know, a really solid guy that's going to transition them from what was a very, very, I mean, a leak heavy, really weird media infused all of that type of year. And um, cause I think if you're talking talent, I think New York and Dallas, edge out philly oh it's a talented division
0: Uh, i mean philly's philly's got a rough roster i don't know about all the talent in philly it's 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 kind of rough over there right now Uh,
1: yeah they were coming fourth (laughs) they would definitely be fourth in the division talent wise but um I don't know. I mean, they, they, you know, like you said, when you start off with a, a legitimate defense that always helps, we'll see what else they round out to be, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Washington, Dallas and New York, they should, Uh, we won't have a repeat of this year. I know that's for sure. Absolutely not.
0: Absolutely not. Well, let's talk about some names, either teams or players. We're looking forward, um, keeping our eye on, you know, one of mine, you mentioned Jadavion Clowney, um, you know, in name only right now he's a, a big impact player but are we going to see it on the field um another name geno atkins uh defensive lineman defensive tackle from cincy was a highly productive player there got cut um he could definitely help some teams on the interior um it, and i think he still got he still has a little something left in the tank so um a contender that can get him on a on a good price um he could be a, a really important pickup but who else are you looking at either
1: names or teams Um, that you're keeping your eye on see so I thought we were looking at just just teams in general uh, because I was looking at the Jets and just you know kind of looking forward to see what it is that that they might be able to do but if we're talking about available free agents has anybody picked up Todd Gurley yet no I'm I'm curious enough um, about what it, I I I don't want to believe that he's done, mm-hmm. and so I think I'm just watching for that. Um, and now Gus Edwards, I can't remember if he actually uh, got picked up anywhere either. I don't. That think was so. another guy who was um, who was on my list of of you know guys to look out for, guys who might you know possibly, and then Des Bryant. Um, to know if it's Des might be done. I think Des might, might be done. It's possible. It's possible. Now speaking he showed of former enough in Baltimore, speaking of former uh, Baltimore wideouts, Willie Snead is still out there, mm-hmm. and you know how many guys need a guy who can stretch the field, speed mm-hmm. guys. But you know they don't necessarily move the needle. But I I think they could be they could be significant additions in one way or another. Um, yeah, that could do some stuff. And Dez, again, if if he just needed a year. You know, maybe he he needed a little more time. A.B. he was out longer than him, I believe. And so, if he just needed maybe a year under his belt to get back in real football shape, and he still has something to offer, I think that's that's a name to look out for. But yeah, it'll be an uphill battle. It'll be an uphill battle for him. But yeah, Gurley oh. definitely intrigues me. I want to see uh, what it is that he has left? I mean, Todd Gurley, twenty seven years old. Yeah. He,
0: I mean, he didn't have a whole bunch of yards last year, but he did score quite a few touchdowns.
1: Yeah, uh, it wasn't um, so. a terrible year.
0: Yeah, for him, it's just about role and what your expectations are. Um, But I had a couple, actually, Tampa Bay guys. Uh, Antonio Brown was the name I looked at, showed that he could be productive, it could be an impact player. Um, I think, a, you know, there's rumors Seattle might be looking, sniffing around, and I think, you know, obviously that would be a move to try to get Russell Wilson some help. Um and a move to kind of show that hey we're committed to Russell long term and then Leonard Fournette um played great mm-hmm. in Super Bowl and it was really important for them in the playoffs um still a, once again another relatively young running back who might be looking for another opportunity somewhere else where he can get a little bit more shine um I still think Leonard Fournette could be a really good running back in this league um if not a starter then really a guy who could who can eat up some carries for you and is versatile um. And then there's a couple corners, Malcolm Butler, Richard Sherman. Um, I would love to see the Browns get their hands on one of these guys, but I know they've they've put in quite a bit of money already um, and they're looking at Clowney. But I still think Richard Sherman and Malcolm Butler, although not what they were at their height, still two very good guys, uh, good locker room guys, good leaders, and two guys that I think um, could still be really, really good in the right role.
1: I mean, and... You know, Michael Smith isn't what he used to be, but we mm-hmm. we brought him back. Mm-hmm. Um, and how many, you know, how many veteran guys in the locker room? Well, of course, you need you still need production, but how many vets are too many vets? If what yep. you're trying to do is finish off building culture, like they're trying to do, so no, I, I completely agree with you. I was surprised to see that Richard Sherman was actually still out mm-hmm. there. Um, a lot of got a lot of a lot of uh, uh, cornerbacks and safeties have have gone off the market, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is that interesting point where you really start maybe getting guys for bargains. And I think that would be a smart move for a lot uh, of one year deals. There's been a lot of
0: one year deals. And I mean, Will Fuller is an example of somebody that I thought would be able to get more money on the market. He only got a one year deal. Um, that that blows my mind that had to be his choice right yeah absolutely I mean he did say this was a prove-it deal for him he wants to show that he can be Mm -hmm. healthy and be productive but we're seeing that across the board with a lot of these guys that are really betting on you know getting a really quick one-year deal and trying to get back on the mark out on the market hopefully when the salary cap is a little bit higher and teams have more money to spend yeah that makes next year very interesting too it absolutely it's you know we're gonna we've, we're gonna see a flood of these guys coming back and then it, the next crop um it's gonna be a i mean this offseason has been crazy but next year and then next year's you know group of quarterbacks in the draft aren't as promising as this year's um so there, that that opens up potential for a lot more trades um and a lot more wheeling and dealing as teams are trying to solidify themselves going into next year yeah man um, but let's switch gears, NBA, a little bit. A couple big pieces of injury news. LeBron James, high ankle sprain out. Look at that three to four, at least three to four weeks. Um, Anthony Davis looks like he's he's a few weeks away from coming back as well. They're still down Marcus Soule as well. Um, coming out of the health and safety protocols, he's been cleared from that, but still not up, um, up and ready to play. They say in a couple more games he needs to get his conditioning right. Um, what does this do to the Lakers... I mean, I think we, we assume they'll be healthy once playoff time comes around, but seeding starts to be an issue now. Um, so what do you think yeah. this does to their to their seeding potential with both AD and LeBron out?
1: Yeah, I, I I mean, let's look at it. They're 0-2 since LeBron goes out. Um, 0-3 if you count the game that he actually got injured um, mm-hmm. against Atlanta. Um, they've looked it was sustainable when AD was out as long as LeBron Mm -hmm. was there. But um, I think overall, okay, in the long run, I do think it's healthy for them. Um, I think they have to identify a guy outside of Schroeder that that will play consistent basketball. For everybody who's ever heard me have a problem with KCP, (laughs) this is the reason why is because he can't – of course you're going to get those guys who their level of play raises because you got guys like LeBron and AD on the court. That is, that is just, it just makes logical sense. It's what those guys do for other guys. Um, I think my issue with the Lakers is that you, you, you need at least four deep and a guy that can get you 15 or 20 any given night. And I think the hope had always been that Kuzma would be that guy and he's he's just not proven to have something, whatever the something is. You know, some people call it fundamental. Some people call it confidence. Some people call it um, just consistency, efficiency in general. Um, but you know, you uh, that guy. Imagine the Lakers with a with a Jordan Clarkson right now. I, it feels so odd to be saying that. Um, if you just look back at the last few years, but a guy that can go out and get you 15 and 20 changes some of these losses that they've had to wins. Now his Here's- defense may, you you may lose off that, but, but I'm just saying, um, Here's- you know, the, these are these additions that they've made. They don't, I, I think the stretch can be healthy by way of them identifying. Okay. This is a guy who can be a guy. I need you to be able to be a guy. If LeBron and AD get into foul trouble and you're in the playoffs, who's going to be a guy? That's, Schroeder's a dog, and that's proven, but like, who else? Who else can you look down the line and be like, you know what? I trust you, other than maybe Caruso. So here's the frustrating thing when you have these
0: conversations with with a lot of fans. It's like, well, why can't... you know LeBron and AD are down. This is why we need insert play here this is why we need a bradley beal or we need a we need a james (laughs) Harden. like okay yeah sure everybody would love to have four or five guys that can average 20 points a game so that if any two are gone you don't but you can't it's this is fantasy basketball like the the nets got lucky that they got Kyrie, kd and james harden that if two of those guys are out they still have Another guy in James Harden, like, for example, right now, who's Kyrie is taking another mental health break from the league and James James Harden can carry it while him and Katie are out. But you can't. That's just luck that that happened to to happen that way. Um, You can't you can't. It's it's extremely hard, I will say, to build a team that both can that is built around your two best players and for them to, and for the whole team to thrive, but then to also simultaneously build a team that if those two guys are out, we're still good. Like it just doesn't,
1: It just no, doesn't no, 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 happen. No. And, and, and let me make sure I, I I quantify that and I can appreciate what you're saying. People just want star power galore. Right. And um, let's not forget the Nets did add high flyer, Blake Griffin, um, <laughs> Just want to come back to this because, guys, I feel like we talked about this on the pod that Blake would <laughs> have ten dunks before the end of the year. He, he is has one. Really, by the way, he has one. He has one. Let's not go crazy. Not, they have him. He hasn't played that many games. He has one dunk so far. Uh, nine to go. Come on, Blake. Come on through. <laughs> if I win this, um, Malcolm is paying probably my rent for a couple months or something. Look, I'm, wait, um, I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for two weeks from now. Blake.
0: Blake Griffin is. Out uh, with knee soreness for the next with two knee weeks. Tonight is. <laughs> you just got back from the All Star break. How are you sore?
1: That dunk took a lot out of him. Um, a lot of people said it was a struggle dunk. But um, anyway, I, I'm not saying that the that the Lakers needed to have another star. I, I'm thinking they need to develop a guy who has soaked in the championship DNA call it what you will, um, who understands spots, who's learned the game, who's gotten to a, 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 a Tal- Talon Horton Tucker. I, I hope I'm saying his first name right. But yeah, Talon, there, there you go. Um, your name is Talon. <laughs> anyway, yeah, man, I, I think, you know, um, have has somebody learned it. And for him, it was learning an NBA game enough. You, you know, you see that he has the scoring prowess. I'm just saying somebody. Somebody, and if not that, it's not the trade deadline yet, then you, you do need to make a move, not for a star, but for a somebody. For somebody, Boogie Cousins still comes to mind for me because he showed, even though he's not what he used to be, he can go out and get you 15 and maybe 20 on a given night, and and I think that that makes a huge difference because I don't think defense is going to be their problem. Uh in the end when they get it when they get healthy i think um i think ultimately having somebody else that can put the ball in the hoop is going to be an issue and you mentioned mark gasol and he's just not proven to be that either yeah i mean I, I they'll be
0: fine they'll be healthy when it comes to playoff time the seating will be interesting to watch you know what if what if we get a first
1: round matchup lakers clippers four or five for the playoffs that would, that would, oh I my that'd... gosh that'd be so crazy <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's your over under as far as how many went, like, do they need to go 500 oh above 500 to stay in, in good seating and I then there's know. the play
0: in game. Okay. Yeah. I don't, that'd be crazy. if They get to the play in game and then that'd be beat the jazz in the first round. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> what an upset. The defending <laughs> champions. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to, cause it's, it's hard to, it's hard for me to think about that with because you gotta look at what the other teams are doing um you know steph curry's out right now with golden state so you know the obvious obvious thing there is that they're not going to be winning any games without steph curry um you know i think i think they'll figure it out but you know it's it's an adjustment playing this team without your two main guys and i think they were starting to get into a rhythm a little bit playing without ad uh schroeder was was getting back into shape, and they're kind of. Fig- and Taylor Horton Tucker has been a revelation for them for them this year. Yes. Um, yeah. But you know, a couple names that I heard for guys that they could pick up. You know, I've heard the Andre German market is not as robust as as the Cavs would like, and they may end up having to buy him out, which I think would just be a That'd be a crazy. travesty, an absolute travesty. Um, but it'd be great for the Lakers um, if they get <laughs> him on a buyout. <laughs> And I then, I, I mean, there's a couple of the teams that be in line for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's, you know, you start to hear the rumbles from Brian Winhurst and others that people around the league think that if he gets bought out, he's going to the Lakers. So yeah. when you start hearing that, that, they know something that we don't know. Um, and then. And buy out Kevin Love, too.
1: <laughs> I don't know if While you can buy out the,
0: the four years and the 89, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> my gosh but the other name is Isaiah Thomas throwback you know do we know what he really has left he played um, with the US team um, earlier or I guess it was beginning of this year Um, if he's healthy he could be a guy that I think could give them a little boost offensively but we'll see what they do Uh, you know I I have tried to stay away from the trade deadline because it's tomorrow and by the time we talk about anything it will have been decided in this part of the podcast we need to be edited out so we're not going to touch it (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah man so, that should so real be quick, fun yeah. so real quick before we leave Ian give us your parting words for the night
1: well oddly enough it was uh, something that we were hoping to talk about but just want to shout out LaMelo Ball um, oh man I, I was not a fan I did not watch the, the Ball brothers on Facebook I didn't care um, I thought it, the whole thing was annoying and then Lonzo was underwhelming so I didn't care about the other guys Leangelo Lulo Lelo didn't do much for me either, so I was out on the whole thing but i I've said it I think maybe in passing before, but definitively shouts out to Lamelo ball he came in and showed not only was he legitimate um that he is a phenom he is a phenom um uh, i I'm of the mind that unless Anthony Edwards does amazing things toward uh down the stretch uh uh, Lamelo Ball is still the rookie of the year, and um, I am I am very much looking forward to him growing in the game, uh, having a jump shot that doesn't just make me sick to look at. I, I just I hate looking at that thing. But yeah, man, uh, I got to give kudos to him. I hate to see him go down with injury like he did, but I believe he's going to come back strong, and I'm watching for it. Yeah, big blow, big blow for the Hornets. I was, you know, Hornets. Can you please still try
0: to make the playoffs? Because I predicted that. And then LaMelo (laughs) breaks his hand. (laughs) So shout out to the Hornets. Uh, My parting words go to NBA legend who left us, um, Mm -hmm. Elgin Baylor. Uh, Just a great, great Laker, great player. Um, One of the best players, if not the best player to never win a championship. Um, I believe he, if I'm correct, I may be making this up, but I believe he holds the NBA finals record um, for points in NBA finals game with 60. Um, but Elgin Baylor, NBA legend um, Passed away So I just want to shout out to him, his family The Lakers organization He also was a longtime GM for the Clippers as well After his playing days were over um, So shout out to Elgin Baylor Legend um, And rest in peace To yeah, one man. of the greats
1: 61 points, 22 rebounds You, you Shoo!
0: It? Shoo! Who's guarding him, Andre Iguodala. Oh, gosh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes.
1: <laughs> Not defensive stopper Andre Iguodala. <laughs> or Ruben Patterson. Was that Ruben
0: Patterson? garnigan Oh,
1: oh gosh. Kobe
0: stopper. <laughs> Kobe stopper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. That's it. That's how we're ending this week's show on Kobe stopper. That's right. Um,
1: <laughs> so from- on Patterson.
0: So from. Oh my gosh, she did! We, we should have him as a guest. That'd be fun. Uh, Ruben, big Reuben, shout out to us. Uh, give me a call. We love at the pop. Uh, so from Cleveland, Ohio, Mister Pivot himself, international, and Lamont Morgan. I'll see you at the draft. And here, <laughs> a month from now, and here in the capital city, by way of several other place, places, they call him mister Ace because he hits the shots when it counts. It's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. This has been the 3-in-1 Podcast. We'll see you all next time.